Hello, people of the way. Blessings in Jesus. If you have your Bible, please open up to Joshua chapter 15. Joshua 15, we continue our study through the Old Testament. And here in these passages, we're looking at the inheritance of the land, promises of God unto Abraham, uh, instructions of the Lord unto Moses and Joshua, and fulfillment, the inheriting of the land. And so here in Joshua 15, verse 1, So this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah according to their families. Now remember, this is by casting lots, no favoritism. It leaves no room for favoritism. God is no respecter of persons, yes. But remember, there's also blessings of obedience. Remember last week when we looked at uh, we studied uh, Caleb of the tribe of Judah and how, you know, he had a, a, a special uh, allotment, uh, a special inheritance, but that's uh, his obedience. Remember his obedience when everybody was afraid, when fear was endemic in the camp of Israel? Caleb, he had a different spirit, a good different spirit. When everybody's fearful, he didn't have that spirit of fear. He feared the Lord. And so see, we hear, we see here in, in, in verse one that the Lord is establishing these borders in, in verse one that according to their families, the border of Edom at the wilderness of Zin southward was the extreme or the uttermost southern boundary. Verse two and their southern border. Remember, this is Judah. This is Judah. And the southern border in verse 2 began at the shore of the Salt Sea from the bay that faces southward. Then, verse 3, it went out to the southern side of the ascent of Akrabim, passed along to Zin, ascended on the south side of Kadesh Barnea, passed along to Hezron, went up to Adar, and went around to Karka. Karka, which is ground floor, translates as the ground floor. Now, remember, God is establishing these borders. Inheritance uh, by lot, no favoritism, very, very specific blueprints when it comes to these borders. In verse 4, from there, it passed toward Asmon and went out to the brook of Egypt and the border ended at the sea or ended at the sea which is the mediterranean this shall be your southern border this shall be your southern southern border from the river to the sea israel from the river to the sea israel but don't forget reuben gad and half of manasseh now these biblical borders according to the bible these borders are quite large much different than, you know, what we see of Israel on the map today. Uh, what you see in Israel on the map today, that's not the biblical borders of Israel. Now, in the Bible, and it continues even today, you see the expansion and contract, the expansion, expansion and contracting of the borders of Israel, but it's based on obedience. For example, when you see Israel, when they forget the Lord and they uh, become apostate, what happens is that you're going to see the blessings of the Lord that they start to lift. And as they start to lift, you see Israel loses ground. And so the borders aren't as large, aren't as expansive. Now, knowing that, you'd figure, okay, so the expanding of borders is a good thing. Well, yes, it's a good thing. It's a result of obedience unto the Lord. But 
what happens with the expansion of borders biblically in the bible historically is that the lord becomes forgotten now consider if you will for a moment personal finances personal finances say for example you're poor and you're poor and you know i say say for example but you might be legit poor and it's like wow you know i, I only live in a 10 by 10 house and a dirt floor now this isn't to say like okay you know just you know track with me for a moment say for example you're poor you're in poverty and you know you get a job and you know you get a job and it's uh, 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 uh you know five bucks an hour eight bucks an hour and you know it's like wow and then all of a sudden you pray lord i need a new job I need a new job so I can, you know, get a place and, you know, have my family and we can be safe and, you know, I can have a family and, you know, and Lord, you know, I need it. Give me a better job, Lord. And, and you know, you're seeking the Lord and it's it's beautiful. It's, you know, it, what's so powerful about obedience unto the Lord is that, remember, the Lord is reactionary. He responds to obedience. There is blessings for obedience and blessings as a result of obedience. Now, there's also, you know, the tap taps with disobedience. But then at the same time, you know, I'm all for upward mobility. As we studied, you know, several weeks ago in the, in our New Testament studies, I'm all for upward mobility in terms of, you know, vocations and jobs and, you know, uh, uh, careers. But when it's the Lord that is, you know, doing the moving, when it's the Lord that takes a person and says, okay, here you are at point A. Now I'm going to move you to point B. I'm going to move you to point C. I'm, I mean, we see the example with Joseph where, you know, he's straight up in prison. And then all of a sudden he's second in command in Egypt. And so you see these examples. Look at Barnabas as, as new covenant believers. Look at Barnabas. You see, it's not that, you know, uh, 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 when, when, when money owns a person, then we have problems. You see, when money owns a person, then we get into idolatry. Not good. You see, but when it's God that's doing the upward mobility and, you know, a person prays, you know, Lord, you know, I, I, I need a job or, you know, Lord, I need uh, 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 more income. And it's not more income so I can, you know, live in the Palisades, so I can live in Boca, so I can, you know, uh, uh, have a, 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 a Lamborghini, a Ferrari. No, it's, you know, to, to provide for my family. You know, you got more mouths to feed. Okay, well, you're going to need more money. And when the Lord blesses and say, for example, instead of five bucks an hour, now you're earning 25 bucks an hour. And instead of 25 bucks an hour, maybe you're earning 50 bucks an hour. Well, what happens? In accordance to the flesh, what happens is that the Lord can become forgotten. And when that happens, a person can be like, okay, look at the work of my hands. Instead of look at what the Lord has done and glorifying the Lord, they can say, oh, look how awesome I am. You see, person's poor. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, the upward mobility, the, the Lord has brought them to a place where, you know, they're able to provide for their family, a, you know, a bigger house, more rooms because there's more kids. And it's like, wow, the Lord has provided. But then all of a sudden, a person can get inside of their mind. A person can get inside of their heart. Look at the works of my hands. Look at what I have done. I'm so awesome. I'm so cool. I can do this. And oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, where's the glory of the Lord? Where is the glory of the Lord? 
And that's what happens inside of a person. Inside of a person when the Lord becomes forgotten and then all of a sudden, remember, the Lord is reactionary. And then, you know, we get the tap taps. We get the tap taps where all of a sudden the Lord might humble a person. It's like, okay, you know, a person forgets the Lord and the Lord just starts to take things away. He just starts to take things away. Okay, look, yeah, you know, I'm the one who put you in this position. And, you know, you want to, you know, think it's all you? You, you want to think, you, you know, you're, you're the stuff? Okay, fine, you know, and the Lord is reactionary. And all of a sudden, it's like, boom, brings you down a couple levels, you know, brings, brings down, you know, instead of being a supervisor, okay, you're no longer supervisor anymore, and you get a pay cut. And these are things that the Lord does to humble a person. And, you know, it gets worse. I mean, when a, when a person, you know, when a person still refuses to acknowledge the Lord and when the Lord becomes forgotten and a person still refuses to acknowledge the Lord, it gets worse. Remember in our study, the, the blessings and curses, you know, the blessings of obedience and the curses of disobedience, how, you know, it's not good to be outside the town, but it's a lot better than being in Egypt. You know, it's a lot easier to be outside the town because you can quickly just turn around and get right back to where you need to be. But when a person is in Egypt and in bondage and not good, not good because a person is rescued. You know, when you look at Israel, they're rescued out of bondage, out of Israel. But then all of a sudden to go back to Egypt, to go back to bondage, not good. And that's what happens when the Lord becomes forgotten. Now we see that individually in personal finances. You know, I give you this example of personal finances, but it's this is easily relatable to more people because I mean we we we've seen it and sometimes we've experienced it. The Lord does that with nations too. The Lord does the exact same thing with Israel, where the Lord is glorified, the Lord is honored, and the result of their obedience, okay, we're gonna blow up the borders. We're going to expand the borders. And it's the blessing of the Lord unto an obedient people. Just like in personal finances, it's like, okay, you, you know, you, you, you get a new job. You know, you, 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 you have, you know, more income. You can buy a bigger house. You can provide for your family and a bigger house. Not so a bigger house so you can have like a bigger house, but a bigger house. So, you know, you got another kid. You got two kids. You got three kids. You got four kids. You got five kids. You got 10 kids. It's like, okay, everybody, you know, a bigger house to accommodate. You got more mouths to feed. Okay. You, the Lord provides. But when the Lord becomes forgotten, when the Lord becomes forgotten, all of a sudden things start to be taken away. He does that to individuals. He does that to states, to peoples. He does it to nations. Old Testament, New Testament, and even today. But as New Covenant believers, don't think that the blessings of the Lord are all about money. I give this example of money because, you know, it's, it's, you know, easily, easily understood. But, you know, when we think about the provision of the Lord, the provision of the Lord as new covenant believers has nothing to do with money. I mean, Paul had the provision of the Lord. You see, Paul had the provision of the Lord. But don't forget, he had his, he was beheaded. He said, well, you know, how, how could that be the provision of the Lord when he was, you know, he was in jail. He was, you know, living out in the field. And how, where do you see the provision of the Lord? Well, then now you understand spiritual gifts. The provision of the Lord. 
the gifting of the Spirit of the Lord. Now, it has nothing to do with money. But we use this example in terms of expanding and contracting. Because what you see in individuals is something that the Lord does with peoples, with nations. You see? And God responds to obedience and disobedience. So you figure, okay, so it's good when the borders of Israel is is expanded. That's a good thing. And, you know, yes, it's a good thing. But the tendency, what can easily happen is for the Lord to become forgotten. The exact same way it can happen inside of an individual where the Lord becomes forgotten. He does this with people. He does this with nations. Now, God deals with nations differently. Old Testament, New Testament, and even today. Major prophetic implications here. Because God deals with nations differently. Because you could have a nation that honors the Lord. You could have a nation that dishonors the Lord. And, you know, a nation that honors the Lord, you're going to see the fruit of that. In that nation, a nation that dishonors the Lord, you're going to see the result of that. You know, I'll give you an example with kids. You know, with kids, you know, a kid might say, hey, mom, dad, you know, she said this, mom, dad, he said this, mom, dad, she said this, mom, dad, he said, and, you know, it's like, okay, hey, hey, put a cork in it. You know, the parent, the mom or dad, hey, put a cork in it. I'm going to deal with each one of you how I see fit. With the Lord, it's the same way. It's the same way he deals with nations, how he sees fit, but it's in accordance to his word, in accordance to his word. Now, there are major, major, major prophetic implications with how the Lord works. Because, you know, it's like, you know, you know, God, God deals and will continue to deal with the Jewish people. A lot of times Christians, you know, they look at certain passages and they say, okay, God is done with Israel. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. He's not. He's not. Remember, it's not the branch that supports the root. It's the other way around. But he deals with the Jewish people, but at the same time, he deals with Gentiles. It's like, you know, well, you know, the the Jews are like this. The Jews are like this. The Jews are like this. Well, you know, just like a parent says, hey, put a cork in it. I'm going to deal with each one how I see fit. With the Lord, it's the same way. The Lord is going to deal with Israel. The Lord is going to deal with the Gentile nations. We don't have to, you know, get involved with that. But the Lord explains to us, he teaches us from his word, how he does that, how he deals with Israel, how he deals with the Gentiles, how he deals with nations, how he deals with peoples. Old Testament and New Testament, he instructs us, he teaches us. God is reactionary, reactionary. Major, major, major prophetic implications. Now, I, I teach from America. I'm, I'm American and I love this country. But when you see past instances where the United States in conjunction with the United Nations, in conjunctions with Club of Rome, in conjunction with uh, 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 Brussels, 
past deals of land for peace with Israel. Now, I'm speaking of modern times. I'm not, you know, we're, we don't have to go back to biblical times, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. I mean, I'm speaking about in the present age. Past deals that the United States has meddled with. They were always followed by, quote unquote, natural disasters. Floods, tornadoes, droughts, hurricanes. And when you look at these major uh, deals or where there's these dealings with Israel where, you know, hey, you know, land for peace, land for peace, where Israel has to get rid of portions of her land and change her borders. Now, when the United States has meddled in those areas, it's always been followed by, quote unquote, natural disasters. I mean, you can just look it up online. You look at, okay, you know, certain peace agreements, Oslo Accords, you know, Annapolis, all these different things. And then shortly thereafter, after the signing, after the agreement, shortly thereafter, boom, it's like, you know, natural disaster. Now, prophetically speaking, there's a, it's already happening and it's going to increase, but there's a rise of orthodoxy among Jews according to Torah. And as that happens and as it increases, certain promises will be in play and effectual. Now, I'm not advocating the law in saying that. But remember, we're moving forward to a moment in time, Zechariah 12, 13, and 14, where the scales on the eyes of Israel will be removed and they will see, wow, Jesus is the Messiah and we killed him. You see, we're moving forward to that moment. And so if you see it in terms of like a process, well, it's like, remember, Remember how when we, when we were studying Torah, how, you know, the fear of the Lord is a good thing, but through the law, you learn to, a person learns to fear the Lord, which is the beginning, beginning, beginning of wisdom. And then a person learns to trust in the Lord. And then a person learns to love the Lord. And you know, the, the love gets deeper and deeper and deeper, but that's not for everybody. That's not for everybody. Not everybody. I mean, you know, not everybody has the fear of the Lord. Not everybody has the love of the Lord. Not a, It's a choice for everybody. I made my choice. You made your choice. Everybody, everybody has to make their own choice for themselves. You can't mandate, hey, you must fear the Lord. Hey, you must love the Lord. Hey, you got to trust the Lord. It can be taught over and over and over and over. And the Lord knows the hearts of men. The hearts of, I say the hearts of men is like mankind, but he knows the hearts of men, women, children, young, old. It doesn't matter. He knows the hearts. And we're, we're moving forward to a time when Israel <clears throat> will acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Messiah. But there's a process behind that. So, prophetically speaking, steps behind that. And so as we see these, uh, 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 uh certain rise of orthodoxy and when i say orthodoxy i'm not saying like you know orthodox jews per se when i say orthodoxy i'm speaking about in accordance to torah i mean 
when if you're Jewish and you're listening, you're like, oh my goodness, what, what is this guy anti-Semitic? What is he talking about? The scales falling from our eyes. Now, listen, if you're Jewish and you and me, my Jewish friend, if we were to get in a time machine and go back in time to the days of Joseph, except we we learned we found out that he was uh, he he died. We found out you know the the robe it was bloody and he's dead. So we figure, or so you figure. But remember, we get in a time machine, and I were to tell you, hey, you know Zafnath Panea? Have you you heard of Zafnath Panea? And then you say, well, you know, I'm of Reuben, and I know of Zafnath Panea. I've never met him before, but I know of Zafnath Panea. And if I were to tell you, you know what? He's your brother. He's your brother. You're of Reuben? Okay, he's your brother. You would laugh at me. What? That's Daphnath Panea. He's, he's Egyptian. You see, you wouldn't know. That would not be revealed to you. Now, I'm telling you, but you would have to believe it. If I just say, hey, Zafnath Panea, you know Zafnath Panea? You say, I've never met him before, but I've heard of him. You see, and then it's, and I, and I just point blank and say, he's your brother. He's your brother. And it, I mean, it's, it's, I, 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 I want to say like, you know, you can believe me, but I can't make you believe me. You say, wait, he's Egyptian. He's the right hand of Pharaoh. He's not Jewish. He's not of Israel. You see, he's, he's Egyptian. No. You think I'm crazy for saying that? Crazy for saying he's your brother. But it's not revealed yet. He is your brother, but it's not revealed yet. And so as time passes, in the course of time, he's the one who reveals himself. Zafnath Panea, it's like, wow, Zafnath Panea. Remember when the brothers laughed at him? When they, you know, you know, I have a, I had a dream, you guys. I had a dream. Tell us what is your dream. I had a dream that all of you guys were bowing down to me. Oh, you're so stupid. You're so crazy. We're never gonna bow. You're not even the firstborn. We're we're never gonna bow down to you. And then, you know, the dad, you know, Jacob, you know, hey guys, calm down, calm down. Okay, t- tell us more about this dream. Oh yeah, dad, everybody was bowing down. And you know what, dad? Even you were bowing down to me. Okay, Joseph. Okay, that's okay. You're going too far because you're not even the firstborn. And hey, I'm your dad, you know, so you're going too far with this. But that was given to him by the Lord, this dream that he had. And so here, he's Zafnat Panea. Sold into slavery by his brothers. Rejected by his own family, his own kin. Rejected. We're not going to worship you. Who do you think you are? We're not going to bow down before you. Get out of here, you pipsqueak. You're just, you're not even the firstborn. Get out of here. We're going to sell you. And they sold him. You see? And then they lie to their dad. They go to Jacob. Hey, you know, pops, dad, you know. Uh, he died. Look, we found his, his, his cloak. We found it and it's bloody. And Jacob was heartbroken. You see? But meanwhile, something was happening. The Lord was doing something. As a shadow of things to come, showing us that process for the revealing of Messiah. You see? Rejected by his brothers. 
and then all of a sudden at the right hand of God. Now, for my Jewish friends, you hear me say, Jesus, you know, Jesus is the Messiah. You will bow down to him. I mean, I bow down to him. I want you to bow down to him. But I mean, you know, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And it's much better to do it willingly than, you know, to do it now is much better than to, you know, be forced to your knee. That's not good. Now, if you're Jewish, you probably think I'm crazy. But the same thing happened with Zafnaf We go back in the time machine. I say, hey, Zafnaf he's your brother. You think I'm crazy. He's Egyptian. He's he's Gentile. You're telling me he's you know, Jewish? You think I'm crazy. But in the course of time, it's revealed. Zafnath Panea is the one who reveals himself. I am Joseph. And you know what? In fulfillment of the dream as given to from the Lord to Joseph, his brothers bowed down to him. Because he was second in command at the right hand of Pharaoh. It's going to be the same way with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you're Jewish. I'm Christian. I'm not Jewish. I'm a Christian. But for my Jewish friends, there's plenty of room to be cautious with Christians because there's a lot of crazy Christians out there. I mean, like Christians who are apostate in their beliefs. They do not follow the word of God. You see? And largely replacement theology and replacement theology is oftentimes a derivative. I mean, it's always a derivative of a false doctrine, but oftentimes it's a derivative of Calvinism and reformed theology. And it's just point blank, bad theology. There's plenty of room to be cautious with Christians and sometimes Lutherans, you know, Catholics. I'm not saying that Catholics are Christians, but, you know, Catholic, the world acknowledges Catholics as Christians, but biblically they're not Christians. It's not biblical Christianity. But if you're Jewish and it's like, okay, you Catholics and Christians and uh, 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 Protestants and this and that, you guys are crazy. Now there's plenty of room to be crazy. I, uh, you know, I acknowledge it. I, I'm, I'm on board. It's, it's crazy town. The church is crazy right now. But it's prophetic. It's prophetic. There is a remnant. You see, and just like Zafnath Panea was revealed to be Joseph, the one who I say is Messiah, the one who I tell you, my Jewish friend, is Messiah. You, just like if we went back in time and you 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 hear me say Zafnath Panea is your brother, you're like, oh, you're crazy. In the exact same way, I say Jesus is the Messiah. You might say you're crazy. But in the course of time, he will reveal himself. And that's when scales will fall from the eyes of the Jewish people. We're like at the baby steps of this rise of, you know, we're at the, like the very, uh, the very infancy of this rise of orthodoxy. But with the rise of orthodoxy, the Lord will respond. I mean, we're already seeing the resuming of animal sacrifices. This is all, I mean, ultimately, you know, this is one of the ultimate forms of orthodoxy is going to be the third temple. Prophetically speaking, I mean, we're at 
you know, building steps of, you know, like when we get into like red heifer, you know, bioengineering red heifers, how there's among the orthodoxy, what's happening is, you know, they're sending out like rabbis around the world, talking to farmers around the world, very discreet, very, very secretive. And they're saying, hey, you know, like handing out their business cards, you know, and, uh, this is like a like a, a cheesy explanation that kind of like the gist of what's happening. Cliff notes. You know, rabbis passing out their business cards to farmers. I mean, imagine if you're a farmer in the Midwest, you know, you're a farmer in, you know, uh, Nebraska, you're a farmer in, you know, Argentina, and you got these, you know, these rabbis coming to you, they hand you their business card. Hey, if you, if your cow gives birth to a red heifer, give us a call. But it's happening. They're going around the and that they're bioengineering. You know, a couple of years ago, there were, there were biblically qualified red heifers. But then several years passed and they found blemishes. So they were disqualified. But before they were biblically qualified. And these are some of the precursory events for the building of the third temple. And the Lord is going to respond to this level of obedience. And remember, we're like building steps. This is like phase one and phase two, phase three, phase four, phase five. The ultimate phase is the revealing of when Jesus reveals himself. Just like Zafnath Panea revealed himself. When Jesus reveals himself to the Jewish people and they're going to see, oh my goodness, Jesus is the Messiah. That's Zechariah 12, 13 and 14. What are those, what are those wounds in your hand? And prophetically speaking, Jesus will say, it is here I was wounded in the house of my friends. What are those wounds in your hands? Oh my goodness, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, the one who our people crucified. You see? A lot of times Gentiles, they say, oh, you Jews, you killed Jesus. But don't they, they forget, the Gentiles forget, the Romans did it too, the Romans were there too. So you have to be careful with Christians. My Jewish friends, be very careful with Christians. Because if the formula is wrong of the, in the Christians, don't listen to them. You got, you know, coalition people. You know, the Piper people. They, oh, you know, God is done with Israel. We're coalition. We're coalition. Gospel coalition. We're so awesome. No, they're fools. They're crazy town. They're fulfilling prophecy. Apostasy. You see? And it's so powerful because once these promises become effectuated, you know, the, the rise of orthodoxy, the increase of orthodoxy. There will be nations in the world that will attempt to interrupt. Interrupt the effectuation of promises in accordance to obedience. You know, the blessings of obedience. And there will be nations that attempt to interrupt that. I said process, but it is, I don't like saying process, but I just don't know how else to word it. You know, that they, they, they will attempt to interrupt that effectuation of God's promises for obedience. And these nations led by the Antichrist, they will face consequences. And I say this as an American citizen. I teach from America. 
But the United States is not excluded from these consequences of the Most High. You see? And these, when the Lord makes himself known to these nations that interrupt, the Lord makes himself known through natural events. I say natural events, but you know, it's, it's the doing of the Lord, but the world is going to blame climate change. The world, they're going to blame global warming, climate change. When it's the Lord saying, hey, don't mess with my people. Hey, don't mess with my people, okay? Famine over here. Hey, don't mess with my people, okay? Flood over here. Hey, don't mess with my people, okay? Tornado over here. Hey, don't mess with my people. Earthquake over here in diverse places. That's what's going to happen. As the Lord makes himself known, when you look at the prophecies of the events, what happened in the 70th week of Daniel. Oh, it's global warming. It's climate change. No, it's God's judgment. God's judgment, all leading up to God's wrath. Now, turn with me really quick to Psalm chapter 2, the book of Psalms chapter 2. And in the book of Psalms chapter 2, we see this prophetic passage here. Why do the nations rage or why, why, how this translates is, why do the Gentile nations rage? And the people or the community plot a vain thing. A, a, a globalized community, a Gentile nations outside of Israel. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Question mark. The kings of the earth. Now, the kings of the earth, you figure like, wow, these are the, the shot callers. You know, these are the elite, the global leaders. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. So they're united. They're united. You have this, you know, these, these world leaders, the kings of the earth, and they're united in this community of nations, united nations. But they take counsel together, but it's against the Lord. In verse 2, against the Lord and against his anointed, Mashiach, the Messiah, Jesus. Saying, look what they say in verse 3, let us, let us, let us. Remember this global community, the kings and rulers together and united, and they're against the Lord and against his anointed, the Messiah. And what did they say in verse 3? Let us break their bonds in pieces. Against the Lord and, and his anointed. Against God and the Messiah. Against God and Jesus. Let us break their bonds in pieces, they say, this united global community. The kings of the earth and the rulers. And God and Jesus are under attack by the kings of the rulers. Now, that's almost laughable. Like, you know, how can God and Jesus be under attack? Well, who are the people in this 
holy bond. It's Jews and Christians. The very people who will be in the crosshairs of the Antichrist. Jews and Christians. And these world leaders, in verse 3, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us or their foliage and branches. This is precisely what the Antichrist will do. The spirit of Antichrist is already at work against both the Jews and the Christians. You see? Prophetically speaking, these things will come to pass. We already see the building blocks. I mean, as you see the rise of orthodoxy, you also see the rise of anti-Jewish sentiment. You see? Jews in the crosshairs. Christians in the crosshairs. I mean, I fully expect these studies that we broadcast, I fully expect them to be cut off. I mean, I've already had some of our service providers, you know, they've already questioned me, like, you know, what, what is this, what is this, this thing that you do? What is this, what is this all about? It's, you know, hey, it, 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 we just study the Bible. Nothing fancy, we just study the Bible. Probing, asking these questions. Well, you know, if you want to be on our platform, then it's like, you know, we just, it's just the Bible. But I fully expect to be shut down. You know, pray for this ministry because, you know, hopefully we can endure to the the very, very end. I mean, that would, you know, praise the Lord. I mean, I would rejoice. That's what I pray for. But at the same time, I fully expect this Antichrist spirit. We already see it at work. Look at the anti-Christian sentiment. Look at the anti-Jewish sentiment that is also on the rise in this spiritual warfare. You know, there's a reason why in our pastoral epistles, why we emphasize formula, 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 formula in shepherds, formula in sanctuary, formula in people. There's a very specific reason because once we're shut down, you know what to look for. I mean, you know what to look for now, but once we're shut down, it's like everybody's in that their diverse places, which is prophetic fulfillment of prophecy. I mean, if you're in a place where the formula's right and pastor, sanctuary, the body, you know, babies and mature and adults, you know, spiritually speaking, you know, baby Christians, adolescent Christians, mature Christians, adult Christians, you know, if you have that, don't go. Cherish that because these are people that the Lord will guide where you have love feast. The Lord will guide. And you're going to see like, you know, people mock it today. They say, oh, the gifts of the spirit that was for 2000 years ago. It's not for today. Those are lamps that are going to burn out. But where you have love feast, you're going to see people, young, old, male, female, you're going to straight up see like, you know, thus saith the Lord, someone speaking in tongues and another person, you know, interpreting, you know, thus saith the Lord. You're going to see somebody with the gift of prophecy. These are things that will happen, but it's very rare. Very, It's not what you see on TV. It's not like the fake. It's not, you know, on, you turn on TV and Tricking Believers Nightly and it's all fake. Somebody, you know, waves his hand and like the, all, the, all the five rows pass out. That's fake. It's a mockery. That's not the power of the Holy Spirit. 
It's a mockery. But you will see the real. It's very rare. If you have that, stay there. If you don't have that, pray. Seek it. If you can't find it, home fellowship. Because the church is before God's judgment comes to the world, it's going to come to the church. Prophetically speaking, it will come to the church. And so you look at these, this makeup of the kings of the earth and they're against the Lord and the Messiah. But then look what happens here in verse 4. Remember, this is during perilous times. In verse 4, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. You see, the kings and the rulers of the world, they, they, they think that they're the stuff. They think that the world is theirs. But no, the Lord's going to laugh. The Lord translates as Adonai, the sovereign Lord, shall hold them in derision. You know what that means? Shall hold them as the laughing stock. The laughing stock in their stuttering, in their unintelligible speech. I mean, have you ever heard politicians of today? They gather at their meetings, they gather together, and they take counsel together, they do all these things together, and then they give like a public speech, you know, and they say, well, you know, we talked about this, but then it's like, that's our leader? He can't even speak, he's unintelligible. You know, you see it. I'm not going to name names, but you see it. We're living in biblical times. The Lord holds leaders in derision. The Lord is making himself known. It's going to intensify. I mean, look at Egypt. When the Lord made himself known in Egypt, I mean, to, to open the ocean, you know, the Lord made himself known like in a major way. But before opening the ocean and people walking on dry ground, Israel walking on dry ground and making it to the other side, and you know Egypt, the 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 armies of Egypt attempted to walk on dry ground and get to the other side, but when they were in the middle, boom, the waters closed. Now, that's like you know, okay, the Lord Almighty, you know, He is with Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you hit the rewind button, just. The water turned red. You hit the rewind button. Okay, some frogs. You see, slowly, incrementally, the Lord made himself known. And it's happening again in these last days. The Lord is made. When you see a politician speak, you know, on TV, and it's like, wow, this guy's unintelligible. Wow, this guy's, you know, stuttering. Wow, this guy, you know, he's a laughing stock. Remember verse 4. Psalm chapter 2, verse 4. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. In verse 5, then he shall speak to them. And you figure, okay, wow, the Lord is speaking. That's a good thing. But look, he shall speak to them in his wrath. You see? I mean, when the Lord spoke to Pharaoh in his wrath, Israel, or, or uh, uh, Israel was safe. But Egypt, the armies of Pharaoh, the wrath of God destroyed 
You see? It's going to happen again when the Lord makes himself known. As surely as the Lord lives, it's going to happen again. But little by little, he's already making himself known. I mean, you know, Christians, the people of the way, the remnant, we already know him. But not everybody knows him. The church needs to wake up. Non-believers need to realize, not have a love of the darkness, but to have a love for the light. You see? And then the Lord, he says here in verse 5, he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure or wrath and his uh, uh, burning of anger. This is all a future event. But notice what's already done here in verse 6. Yet I have set my king. See, the king of the world, the kings of the world, just like we see in verse 2, they set themselves. They set themselves. Okay, look, I'm the king. Oh, look, I'm the president. Oh, look, I'm the prime minister. Oh, look, I'm the king. I'm the whatever. They set themselves. But God? He's already set the real king. The real king. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. And the government will be on his shoulders. See? And in verse 6, Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. You see? The first, the first coming of this king, he was crucified. The second coming of this king, he will reign. You see? But he already reigns in the hearts of those who believe. In verse 7, I will declare the decree. I will declare the decree, he says. It's, you know, it's so powerful because remember the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments were given three times the commands of the Lord. Three times. The first time given verbally, rejected by the people. Second time given on two tablets, rejected by the people and the two tablets broken. The third time, the second set of two tablets, but not without blood. But what about the fulfillment of the law? It's the same model. Jesus, the fulfillment of the law, spoke verbally, rejected. You see? The second time, rejected and broken. Bruised for our iniquities. Third, not without blood. The same formula, same model. With the law and the fulfillment of the law. In verse 7 here. I will declare the decree. The Lord. Now this is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Now in verse 4 we see L-O-R-D. No caps. I mean just the capital L. That's Adonai. But in verse 7 here you see L-O-R-D. All caps. That's Jehovah. The covenant name of God. The Lord has said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. 
Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. You see, we're, we're, we're studying in Joshua the inheritance, the blessings of obedience, the inheriting of the land. But these are, these are baby steps. The fulfillment of the law, Jesus Christ, he's going to inherit the world. Inherit the nations. The Lord says in verse 8, Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Very interesting how Satan made a similar offer to Jesus. All this will be yours. All you got to do is worship me. Satan made a similar offer. But that was a lie. The promise of God, that's what Jesus rested on. The promise of his father. Hallowed be his name. You and me, we cannot believe any lie. We must believe the word of God. No lie. And so we continue. And the ends of the earth for your possession you shall break them with a rod of iron. Remember, the first time Jesus came, Jesus was broken as the Lamb of God. But the second time he comes, he will do the breaking when he comes as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. First time, Lamb. Second time, Lion of Judah. Verse 9, you shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now you have this call to all the, the leaders of the world. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Now, if you're listening and you happen to be a leader, you happen to be a politician, you happen to be a, you know, you, you might be low-level politician, you might be high-level politician. Listen. Be instructed. Be instructed in the ways of righteousness. That's this call unto the leaders. Be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice. With trembling, kiss the sun. Which is translates in the Hebrew as to be equipped for war and embrace the instruction and discipline of the son, heir of the throne, true heir of the throne. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled, but a little, lightly. I mean, his wrath is, it's a big deal, it's going to be heavy. But to him, it's nothing. It's like, it's like, it's not. A, I mean, prophetically speaking, when Jesus comes riding on the clouds and he's going to, you know, the battle of Armageddon, and he's going to destroy the, you know, the kingdom, the, the, the armies of Antichrist. You know, if you've ever been in a, like in a fight scenario, there's that moment of, you know, like, kind of like bracing for a fight. You know what, Jesus, he calls to the angel, hey, call out the birds. And then there's the call to the birds. Hey, birds. Gather up, birds, because these tough guys over here, you know, these armies of the might of the Antichrist, you're going to feed on their flesh. 
There's no like bracing for impact, bracing for a fight or preparing for a fight. No, it's a, his wrath is kindled, but a little, it's light. But the end of verse 12, blessed are all those, all those. This is a people of the way. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Now, prophetically speaking, there's an inheritance for us as well. I mean, it just so happens we studied this several weeks ago. The crown that is reserved. Remember? These things will come to pass. I could say more against, you know, shocking things against government. But we'll table that for another day. We're living in very dangerous times, very perilous times. But prophetically speaking, saints, Christians will be sound asleep. What's happening today? Saints, Christians, sound asleep. Slowly but surely, the Lord is making himself known. You see? And judgment comes first to the church. These are things, there will be an inheritance for us. There will be an inheritance given to the Messiah, the Son of God, the world, the nations will be in his inheritance. But in our study in Joshua 15, baby steps, baby steps. You know, let's go back to Joshua 15 now. Let's go back to the ground floor. You know, just like we see in Joshua 15, in verse 3, you see, uh, uh, ascended on the south side of Kadesh Barnea, passed along to Hezron, went up to Adar, and went around to Karka. That's ground floor. Ground floor. And ultimately, as the Lord is, remember, His building, His building. Who are the workers in His building? He shows us these things. Promises. These are the the borders of Israel. Now when nations mess with the borders of Israel, God messes with them. I teach from America. I love this country. But we're not immune from the judgment of God. No nation is immune from the judgment of God. What world leader, what world leader will answer that call, will respond in a good way to that call of the Lord found in Psalms chapter 2, verse 10. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. And you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. What rural leader? Instead of going with the flow of, you know, when, when, the, when, when, they, when they plot vain things. When the kings of the earth set themselves and they take counsel with themselves together, united. And they're against the Lord and against Jesus. What world leader will go against the flow? Go against the grain? 
and say, no, I'm a Christian. Very few. Prophetically speaking, there are some nations that will align with the God of Israel. Very few. The majority of the world, everybody against Israel. That's what will happen. Against Israel. Israel is going to fight the forces of Antichrist. They're going to fight. And Israel is slowly going to lose And I think it's very interesting. When Israel comes to the end of her carnal efforts, that's when Jesus comes. From the east. From the east. From the east. Remember our, remember, remember Jericho? From the east. All these things written as a shadow of things to come, to teach us and show us, warn us, exhort us. These borders of Israel are a very big deal. And remember, when God says to Moses, you know, this is the inheritance, and it's not because you're awesome. Remember, it's not because you're awesome. It's because of the wickedness of these peoples. But what happens when Israel becomes wicked? You see? Now, I say this as a Christian. If you're Jewish, you just, you read scripture. You read the prophets. You see what happens when Israel becomes wicked. And I say this as a Christian, you know, and Christians aren't immune from this either. What happens when Christians become wicked? You see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He never changes. That's what his word says. He never changes. It's you and me who has to understand what his word teaches. These borders, a big deal. A huge deal. And people want to, world leaders, they want to change these borders. They've already altered these borders. You see? It's not like a blank. Sometimes, you know, you see in this rise of the anti-Semitic movement, which is prophetic in accordance to Antichrist spirit. But with this, it's all oh, you see, oh, it's the Jews, you know, the Jews do this, the Jews do this, the Jews do that, the Jews do that. But when you understand that it's the, it's like that same scenario where, you know, you, you have, you know, a, you know, a bunch of kids, hey, you know, this kid said this, this kid said this, and the parents just say, hey, hey, cut it out. I'm going to deal with everybody. I'm going to deal with you. 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 Hey, don't you worry about it. Put a cork in it. I'm going to take care of everybody. You see? Do you remember, if you've been walking with us for a while, do you remember our study in Genesis? And we look at lineages, we look at, you know, family lines, and it's one big family dispute. That's what it is. It's a big family dispute. And just like what happens when Zaphnath Paneah reveals himself, 
people, both Jew and Gentile, bow down to him. You see? But, you know, the uh, Gentiles bowed down to him. They saw, saw, saw him, you know, like it's a, he's, he's second in command. They bowed down. The brothers bowed down too. And then he revealed himself. Zaphnapanea is Joseph. And then they realized, oh my goodness, scales fell from their eyes. Oh my goodness. Joseph? Joseph, we left you for dead. Joseph, we left you for dead. We sold you into slavery. What happened with Jesus? Crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. You see? It's the same. A shadow of things to come. And these borders are a huge deal. Back then, even today, Old Testament, New Testament, even today, nations, when they mess with these borders, when they mess with Israel, God sees. God responds. And I love America. But in recent history, when we've meddled with the affairs of Israel and, you know, land for peace, land for peace, there's always been natural disasters, quote-unquote natural disasters. Oh, it's climate change, it's climate change. It has nothing to do with, you know, we're infringing upon the land of Israel. It has nothing to do with that. It's climate change, global warming. You see? Just like with Egypt. Oh, you know, the, the blood, Pharaoh, the blood. Oh, look, you know, Janice and Jambres, we can do it too. The wise guys of Egypt, we can do it too. You see? Oh, the frogs, eh, no big deal, you know, no big deal. But then the hail, we can't do that. Incrementally, the Lord makes himself known. It's not to deny the power of the gods of Egypt. They are powerful, but they are not almighty. You see? They are not almighty. All of these things. We're at the baby steps. Here in Joshua 15, we're at the baby steps. We're at, you know, Karka. We're at the ground floor. I meant we're spoiled today, 2022. We're spoiled today because... I meant what we read in, in Psalms 2. We're like... Like, like the beginning of the end, we're a last day's generation. And so we continue our study regarding these borders. The land of Judah. The land of Judah. In verse 1, the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah according to their families. Now don't forget, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Just as we looked at in Psalms chapter 2. So here we are in Joshua 15. In verse 5, the east border was the salt sea as far as the mouth of the Jordan and the border on the northern quarter began at the bay of the sea at the mouth of the Jordan. Now, you might have in your Bible at the very book, you see like maps. 
You might see this in your Bible. It might have it the, in, in the maps. You might see these lands. Now, they're cordoning off of the lands and, you know, the uh, uh, east of the Jordan, west of the Jordan, west of the Jordan. Right now, we're on Judah. And we see how in verse 6, the border went up to Beth Hogla and passed north of Beth Arabah, and the border went up to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. Verse 7, then the border went up toward Debir, the valley, from the valley of Akor, and it turned northward toward Gilgal. Which is before the ascent of Adumim, which is on the south side of the valley. The border continued toward the waters of En Shemesh and ended at En Rogel, and the border went up by the valley of the son of Hinnom. And to, to the southern slope of the Jebusite city, which is Jerusalem. Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem. Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem. The border went up to the top of the mountains that lies before the valley of Hinnom westward. Now, now we're on the very edge of the borders, you know, which reaches Benjamin. Benjamin. Now, who's the faithful shepherd? Of the real king, the king of kings and lord of lords, speaking of Jesus. Who's the faithful shepherd of the tribe of Benjamin? His name is Paul. Not on the ground floor. You see? Building blocks. Do you remember in the beginning of our studies in the pastoral epistles? Foundation, how we look at foundation, the chief cornerstone, foundation, ground level. Remember the, the hotel example, the big hotel, the skyscraper in Dubai? You see? In the building of the Lord with very, very intricate blueprints. It's very important in this building. This building of the Lord. You are the building. You are the field. But who is the faithful worker? The faithful worker is... I mean, you, you look at the worker. You, you, you go to a construction site and you look at the work crew. You look at the workers. I mean, inside of a building, I mean, if, if the, you know, you might have like, you know, uh, 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 you know, people who reside in the building, the residents... But then you have like the maintenance crew, the, the workers. You got Paul, you got Timothy, you got Peter, you have Chloe, you have Lydia, you have Priscilla, you have Aquila. You see? You have all these people, male, female, young, old, the prophetess daughters of Philip. You see? When Paul says, you know, you are the field, you are the building, you got it good. We're the workers. We're the scum of the earth. We're like the trash. We're the scum of the world. You make these distinctions. As you recall our studies through the, the pastoral epistles and we liken it to that building where if the foundation is Catholicism, if the foundation is, you know, whatever religion, that's not safe. That building's going to fall. You're not safe. And you hear us say, jump ship, jump ship, jump ship. It's not jump ship and you're going to drown. Jump ship, welcome aboard. Where it is safe. Sound doctrine. 
biblical formula, blueprints, holy blueprints. You see? And speaking in verse 8 of this valley of Hinnom, we see, which is the end of the valley of Rephaim, northward, then the border went around from the top of the hill to the fountains of the water of Nephtoah and extended to the cities of Mount Ephron. And the border went around to Bela, which is Kirjath-Jerim. In verse 10, then the border turned westward from Bela to Mount Seir, passed along to the side of Mount Jerim on the north, which is Chesalon, went down to Beth Shemesh and passed on to Timnah. In verse 11, and the border, <clears throat> and the border went out to the side of Ekron northward. Then the border went around to Shikron, passed along to Mount Bela and extended to Jebneel, and the border ended at the sea. The west border was the coastline of the Great Sea. This is the boundary of the children of Judah, all around according to their families. Now to Caleb. Now to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, namely Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Now, these are things that we've studied. Remember in our prior studies? Yeah, I mean, we're going to look at regions. We're going to look at lands. You're like, hey, I, re I remember that town. Hey, I remember this city. Now, it's beautiful, but it's kind of sad too. Because in the course of time, as we continue to study the Old Testament, you're going to see, wow, what happened? What happened? This used to be a beautiful town. What happened? Just like Bethel in the book of Genesis, Bethel, beautiful house of God. You get to the prophets and it's like, wow, don't go to Bethel. Well, you know, thus saith the Lord, don't go to Bethel. Wow, what happened? You look at a country. You look at a, a region, you look at a people. That's what happens when God becomes forgotten. Certain parts of regions of the world are the, the rise of lawlessness, godlessness. Love is waxing cold. It's prophetic. It's biblical. And the Lord is making himself known. Don't love darkness. If you're listening and you're not a believer, don't love darkness. The Bible says people love darkness more than the light. Don't do that. I used to do that 25 plus years ago. I used to love darkness more than the light. But not anymore. Because I've tasted and I've seen that, yes, the Lord is good, just as he says he is. I've learned to fear the Lord and trust the Lord and fall deeper and deeper and deeper in love with the Lord. I don't want anybody to come to Christ the way I did. Very painful, very hard, very difficult. I don't want anybody to come to Christ the way I did. But come to Christ. Come to Christ. We are living in the last days. If you want to commit your life to Christ, hit pause, listen to the message, how to commit your life to Christ. Don't play games anymore with your soul. 
Don't play games with your soul. It's one thing, you know, you, 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 you're going to risk something and you might get a twisted ankle. You're going to risk something and you might, you know, break a fingernail. But don't risk your soul. Don't love darkness. Love the light. Learn to love the light. Let's walk together. You know, you, you hear us say from time to time, you know, jump ship. Maybe I'll stop saying jump ship and I'll put it another way. Take my hand. Take my hand. Come aboard. And let's grow together. Let's learn together. Let's mature together in Christ. We're a last day's generation. And so we see here in verse 13, in now to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, namely Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. In verse 14, Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there, Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. Now, remember, remember how last week in our study, how, you know, he was like, I'm 45 years old, I'm 80 years old, whether young, whether old, you know, let's handle business. I'm ready for war. I love that. Young, old, ready for war. You might be listening, you're 10 years old. Be ready for war. Well, I meant, you know, be equipped. <laughs> be equipped. And when you're equipped, be ready for war. Kiss the sun. Be ready for war. You might be middle-aged. Be ready for war. You might be an old guy, an old lady, in a wheelchair. Be ready for war. Fight the good fight. In verse 15, then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly, the name of Debir was Kirjaf Sefer. And Caleb says, verse 16, and Caleb said, He who attacks Kirjaf Sefer and takes it to him, I will give Aksa, my daughter, as a wife. Whoa. That's so beautiful. Because you have, this is Caleb. I mean, he's like hardcore dad. And hardcore dad has hardcore daughter. And he's saying, you know, he who takes Kirjat Sefer and takes it to him, you know, I'll give you my daughter as a wife. That's so beautiful. Hardcore dad, hardcore daughter. In verse 17. So Othniel, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of, so Kenaz was the brother, brother of Caleb. And so Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb took it and he gave him Aksa, his daughter as wife. Now, do you remember how we made mention that under the leadership of Joshua and the elders, everything's beautiful? I mean, you know, don't forget Achan, but, you know, Achan happened and Achan's been dealt with. Joshua chapter 7. But when Joshua and the elders, when they die, things go south very fast because the Lord becomes forgotten. But Othniel, you see that not just Othniel, but Certain individuals, they make their stand in the Lord. Now, the majority, they forget the Lord. But then within the majority, you have a remnant. 
and they remember the Lord and they make their stand. Othniel, he's one of them. He's one of them. Don't forget his wife. Hardcore wife. You see? Begotten of, you know, hardcore dad. Beautiful. It's so powerful, you know. You ever hear like, you know, parents when they're fighting and they're, you know, you, you, they say to the kid, oh, you're just like your father. Oh, you're just like your mother. And it's like derogatory. But what about when it's the other way around? What about when a dad says, hey, baby girl, you're just like your mom. Or a mom says, hey, my beautiful son, you're just like your dad. But it's like a badge of honor. You see, parents raise warriors. And train and teach by example. You can't be a hypocrite and, you know, teach your kid, hey, kid, you know, don't do sex, don't do drugs, don't do Buddha, don't do Mary, don't do the Ouija boards, don't do this, don't do that. And then, you know, okay, good night, son. And then you're doing all those things. Okay, good night, daughter. Good night, baby girl. And then you're doing those things. You can't, that's hypocrisy. Kids are smart. They see the hypocrisy. They see the hypocrisy. And I've had these conversations with kids. A kid who comes to me, oh, you know, have you ever seen this movie before? Oh, it's such a great movie. And I'm like, I can't even see the previews for that movie. I can't even watch the previews. Where? How did you watch this movie? Where did you see Oh, I watched it with my dad this weekend. What? You did that with your dad? But then in church, you know, He doesn't cuss in church. He's just like, you know, everything's good to go. And it's a front. The dad is teaching his son how to be a hypocrite. You see, mom's teaching their kids how to be hypocrites. Dad's teaching their kids how to be hypocrites. How? By their own hypocrisy. Don't do that. If you're a parent, don't do that. Remember the millstone. Forget not the millstone. Don't do that. See, it's pleasing unto the Lord. God, the offspring, it's pleasing unto him. I mean, I hate to break it to you if you're a parent, but I kind of see it as glorified babysitting. I mean, forgive me for saying that, but that's how I see it. Because your period of overseer unto children, it's temporal. It's temporal because they got to flap their wings. 18 years old, flap your wings. I mean, if kids could, you know, enter into mortgage agreements and rent agreements and lease agreements at age, you know, 14, I'd say, hey, kids, you know, jump ship at age 14. But, you know, that can't happen. I mean, you know, I teach from America and America, that doesn't happen. But, you know. Scratch America because what's happening is you have like 40-year-olds who are still at home. 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds still don't, never left home. They have no wings. They got little tiny nubs. They can't fly with little tiny nubs. See? I see parenting as like a like glorified babysitting because it's only temporal. Baby girl's five years old, pour into her. You know, from the day she's born, from the day he's born, boom, it begins. Training begins. 
age five, baby girl, you know, training in the ways of righteousness. Baby girl, 10 years old, training in the ways of righteousness. 15 years old, boom, baby girl, training in the ways of righteousness. 18, bye-bye, baby girl. She's flying. She's flying, soaring on wings like eagles. A warrior. Just like mom, just like dad. You see, it doesn't have to be derogatory. You don't have to say, oh, you're just like your dad and it's derogatory. You know, a, a kid's, a boy's in trouble. Oh, you're just like your dad. And then the kid learns, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm defunct. So I guess, you know, if I'm just like my dad, I guess my dad is defunct too. A, a daughter's, you know, she makes a mistake. She does this. She, she thinks, okay, I'm defunct. And he says, I'm just like the mom. So it's like, mom's defunct too. So it's like, scratch that. Flip the coin. Love the light more than the dark. You see? And I love this so much because what Caleb says, remember, Caleb was hardcore. When everybody was afraid, Caleb was like, okay, let's handle business. The guys, you know, his pinky toe is the size of my torso. That's nice. Bring them on. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. You see? The guy, the, you know, the, the guy's pinky is the size of my thigh. Everybody's afraid. I, I'm not going to fight this guy. I'm not going to fight. Caleb, that's nice. Bring him on. Where is he? Show me the guy. Where is he? Because I'm going to kill him. You see? I'm speaking, you know, according to the flesh, but, you know, they covenant, understand the rules of engagement of the, of, of the covenants. And that a little disclaimer. Our fight as Christians is according to the spirit. It's according to the spirit. Okay, that's my disclaimer. But Caleb, you know, bring him on. There's one big guy. Okay, bring him on. What? There's 10 big guys. That's nice. Bring him on. There's a hundred. There's a thousand. That's nice. Bring him on. Why? Because the promises of the Lord. And I fear the Lord. But everybody else was afraid. And you have these, you know, the giving of the land and it's by lot. But don't forget there's special provisions and blessings for obedience where, you know, Caleb says, hey, you know, the mountain. Give me the mountain. You see? And it was granted unto him. And hardcore Caleb, think about his kids. His beautiful, beautiful daughter, like she's hardcore. You have hardcore dad. Think about the daughter. Now, when in, in, in verse 17, when Othniel, he takes the town, he takes Kirjath Shefer, Kirjath Sefer. And in fulfillment of what Caleb says, okay, here's my daughter. Here's my daughter. Marry her. They get married. Now, you have a hardcore wife. Picture that marriage. I mean, you're already, you know, Othniel is hardcore because he took Kirjath Sefer. Caleb, hardcore. He raised hardcore daughter. It's like, wow, you know, they're hardcore. Yes, they're hardcore. Where, you know, Othniel could say to his son, he could say to his daughter, hey, you're just like your mom. And the daughter would be like, what? Wow, what a prize. Pops, you think I'm like, mom? What a beautiful prize. You see? 
Achsa, the daughter, the you know, the daughter of Caleb, the the wife of Othniel, could say, Hey son, you're just like Pops. And the son could be like, What? Oh my goodness, I, that is an honor. You're telling me I'm just like my dad? Oh my goodness, that is an honor. You see? And you know what happens among the hardcore, these warriors, when Israel becomes apostate and turns to harlotry, you're going to see their stands. You're going to see them stand. See, you might be hardcore today and it's like nobody sees. But as things get worse and worse and worse and as people enter, as the church, prophetically speaking, as the church enters judgment and the state of apostasy, standing your stand, that's going to be radical. That's going to be hardcore. Because people will see, wow, look, my life is a mess and all this. My life is this and a mess and this and that. And all, you know, things are crazy. Divorce over here. Kids are having sex like crazy. Divorce here. Husband's crazy. Wife is crazy. All this mess. But then they're going to see you. Whoa. Whoa, look, there's light. There's light with that guy. There's light with that lady. There's light with that kid. You see, that's what's going to happen. When the darkness comes, the light will shine even brighter. There's not going to be a lot of lights. It's not going to be like, you know, the, you know the, a lot of light. Because lamps, prophetically speaking, they're going to go out. The lamps are already going out, but lamps will go out. Not with the remnant, not with the wise virgin. You see? You're going to see people make their stand. Just like you see in the Old Testament when Israel becomes apostate, you're going to see, wow, Othniel, he makes his stand. Just like in the last days. You're going to see things get dark. The church becomes apostate. The world just gets, gets crazy and crazy and crazier. What's What will be exposed is people whose names are not in the book of life. That's going to get closer and closer and closer to full exposure. And these are people that will hate you. These are people that will want you dead. But don't forget, just like we studied on Sunday, be very careful. Protect your heart. Be very careful at the effects of these things because we have to have jello hearts. As the world gets darker, not to hate the world, I mean, not to hate the people in the world because it's where the fish are. There's still fish. When we speak of the warrior class according to the faith, the warrior class also has fishing poles to rescue as through fire. Hating the garment, 
defiled by the works of the flesh, but rescuing as saving through fire. You see? We have to be wise in these last days and understand the times and redeem the times. I mean, look at what's happening. I teach from America. I know, you know, we have listeners all over the world, but I teach from America. And what happened is, you know, the abortion deal, you know, Roe versus Wade overturned, which I'm very, very thankful for. I'm very hesitant and cautious to explain my thoughts on life and abortion and reproduction because it's not widely accepted. It's it's nothing like, you know, non-biblical. It's very biblical. But when I say very biblical, it's like, like, you know, (laughs) even Christians are like, what, you know? Maybe one day we'll explain it. I'm very thankful for this overturning. Very, very thankful. But in the aftermath, you're seeing like ce- celebrities, actors, singers, and they're saying, oh, I, I hope Christian women get raped. I hope Christian women, old women, young girls, I hope they get raped so that when you get pregnant, you can have an abortion and you can know what it feels like. And we're going to come against the churches and we got to kill the Christians This is happening in America. You see the rise of the Antichrist spirit. The rise of the Antichrist spirit. And don't forget, love is waxing cold. Lawlessness is abounding. And the Holy Spirit, the restrainer, he who now restrains, will be lifted. I can't say today, I cannot say that the Holy Spirit has stopped restraining. I can't say that. Because I wonder, has it already begun? Lord, has your Spirit already stopped restraining? Because look at the the rapid pace of all these things happening. Just for a person, in, for the sake of humanity, a person who just says, I hope Christian women get raped. I want Christian women to get raped. Just for the sake of humanity, who would say such a thing? See, it's moments like this where it's like, wow, is the restrainer, he who now restrains, is he already lifting? You see? Now, if you're listening for, you're like an early listener and you're like, okay, the the, the restrainer is Michael. You know, he who now restrains, that's Michael. Listen to our study through the Thessalonian letters. Second Thessalonians chapter two. You'll understand more. I mean, if, if, if you're listening on certain platforms, go to thewayunderground.com and go to our studies about the last days. Go to our studies about the rapture. You'll understand more. All these resources, they're there for you, to help you, to teach you, 
to prepare us for our wedding unto the returning bridegroom, the king, the real king, the king of kings and lord of lords. But I fully expect all these resources to go away. We are placing heavy emphasis, heavy, heavy emphasis on formula so that you know what to look for. You see, preparation so that you know what to look for. Look here in in verse 18, you know, so, you know, the, the, the marriage app, they have the, the husband and wife, you know, they got, the, you know, he gave him Aksa as his daughter, as as wife in verse 18. And it was so when she came to him that she persuaded him to ask his father for a field. So she dismounted from her, her donkey and Caleb said to her, Caleb said to her, what do you wish? She answered, give me a blessing since you have given me the land in the, since you have given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. <laughs> I love this so much. I'm so in love with Caleb. I'm so in love with Aksa, his daughter, with Othniel. It's so beautiful because, you know, is this, you know, like father, like daughter. I mean, she's like hardcore. Her dad is hardcore, you know, and she's hardcore. It's like father, like daughter. Because remember, remember, Caleb, give me this mountain. And now, you know, the daughter is saying it to Caleb. Give me the water, you know, like father, like daughter. Beautiful. And she, she said, give me a blessing. Since you have given me the land, given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. So, so he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. In verse 20, <clears throat> in verse 20, <clears throat> this was, <clears throat> this was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families, the cities at the limits of the tribe of the children of Judah toward the border of Edom in the south were Kabzeel, Eder, Jagur, Kena, Demona, Adada, Kedesh, Hazor, Ithnan, Zif, Telem, Bealoth, Hazor, Hadata, Kerioth, Hezron, which is Hazor. Verse 26, Amam, Shema, Molada, Hazar, Gada, Heshmon, Beth, Pelet, Hazar, Shual, Be'er Sheba, Bizjothja, Be'ala, Ijim, Ezem, El Tolad, Chesil, Horma, Ziklag, Madmana, Sansana, Lebaoth, Shilhim, Ain, and Rimon. All the cities are 29 with their villages. Now, before it was wilderness living, you know, like the tents and, you know, it was wilderness living and the Lord was with them. But now straight up villages before temporal. But with us, it's the same in these earth suits, temporal. In our glorified bodies, there will be a permanency. Now, sometimes you listen to Bible studies, you know. And, you know, you hear people say like, okay, we're going to skip this because it's just a bunch of names that I can't pronounce. But I don't do that. 
I don't do that because I know that one day, one day I'm going to stand before the Lord, Jesus Christ. And I want to stand before him with a clear conscience, knowing, Lord, I gave them everything. I gave them everything. Every jot, every tittle. I didn't skip. I can't pronounce this. I'm terrible at pronouncing. I, you know, I'm not Jewish. I, you know, I don't know Hebrew very well. You know, I'm not like a proficient in Hebrew. But I gave them everything. I gave it all. You know, my pronunciation, mediocre, maybe terrible. But Lord, I gave them everything. I gave your people all 100% of your word, Lord. That's why. Sometimes, we, oh, you know, why do you read all that? You know, it's just boring. We don't know what it is anyways. It's not. It's not for that. It's for the Lord. So bear with me as my, you know, pronunciations are terrible. Bear with me. In verse 33, in the lowland, Eshtaol, Zorah, Ashna, Zanoah, and Ganim, Tapua ena Jamuth Adula Soko Aseka verse thirty six Shabraim Adithaim Gedera and Geder Othaim, 14 cities with their villages. 37 Zenan, Hadasha, Megidal Gad, Delean, Mizpah, Jokthiel, Lakish, Boskath, Eglon, Kabon, Lamas, Kitlish, Gederoth, Beth Dagon, Nema, and Makeda. 16 cities with their villages. Verse 42. Lebna, Ether, Ashan, Jifta, Ashnan, Nezib. This is much harder with blurry eyes because I'm getting kind of, my, my eyes are kind of teared. I can't see. <laughs> I mean, if I couldn't pronounce earlier, now I can't see. So I'm got. I gotta dry my eyes. Verse forty-four um, or forty-three. Jifta, Ashna, and Maresha. Nine cities with their villages. Ekron with its towns and villages, from Ekron to the sea. All that lay near Ashdot with their villages. Ashdot with its towns and villages. Gaza with its towns and villages. As far as the brook of Egypt and the great sea with its coastline. 
And in the mountain country, Shamir, Chatir, Soko, Dana, Kirjat Sana, which is the beer, Anab, Estemo, Anim, Goshen, Holon, and Gilo, 11 cities with their villages, Arab, Duma, Eshean, Janum, Beth Tapua, Efeka, Humta, Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron, and Sior, nine cities with their villages, Maon, Carmel, Ziv, Juta, Jezreel, Jokdeam, Zanoa, verse 57, Cain, Gebeah, and Timna, ten cities with their villages, Halhul, Bethsur, Ketor, Ma'arath, Beth Anoth, and El Tekon, six cities with their villages, Kirjath Baal, which is Kirjath Jarim, and Rabah, two cities with their villages, in the wilderness, Beth Arabah, Midin, Sekaka, Nibshan, the city of salt, and Engedi, beautiful Engedi. Six cities with their villages. In closing, verse 63. As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. Do you remember in the earlier chapters how we made mention how, you know, people ran away from Israel? Remember the war footing of Israel and people, certain peoples ran away and they fled, but uh, they still remained. They weren't all, you know, 100% killed. Uh, and in this war footing of Israel, you see victory upon victory upon victory upon victory. But there's still elements of an opposing force. And you hear that and it's like, well, wait a second. I thought, I thought it is the time of inheritance. And yes, but as a shadow of things to come, what about you and me? When we have victory upon victory, the formula is right. Victory upon victory upon victory upon victory in the Lord. The formula is right. But we still have to ha proceed with caution with the carnal nature. And understanding this, you know, we proceed with caution with the flesh, with the carnal nature. These are things that you and me, we have to reckon the old man dead. We have to reckon the old woman dead. For my younger brothers and sisters, we have to reckon the old boy dead, the old girl dead. For my older brothers and sisters, you have to reckon the old, old man dead, the old, old lady dead. Dead. Alive in Christ. Because when we reckon the old man dead and the old woman dead, you know what happens? Something supernatural and the Lord knows those who are his. We are crucified with Christ.
It is no longer you or I who lives, but Christ who lives in us. You see, where Paul says it, remember we make emphasis on that. Paul says that of himself. I mean, you see Christians, they say that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm crucified with Christ. This is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I'm crucified with Christ. Come on, let's go do crack. Oh, I'm crucified with Christ. Come on, let's go to the strippers. No, that's not crucifixion. The old nature is still alive. The old man is still alive. The old woman is still alive. But the new man, the new woman, uh, renewing of the minds, says, you know what? No more sex, no more crack, no more drugs, no more strippers, no more Buddha, no more prostitutes, no more gambling. That's the old nature. Those ways are dead to us. But there's always going to be that threat. There's always going to be that threat. Remember Satan, he roams around like a lion waiting for whom he may devour. Waiting for whom he may devour. Is he going to pounce? But he, he might strike. I mean, he absolutely will strike. But the shepherd, the warrior, shepherd or non-shepherd, the warrior, when the wolf comes, dead wolf. You see? When the wolf comes, dead wolf. The wolf dies. Now, I say that metaphysically because the weapons of, of our warfare are of the spirit. They are not the carnal. Because somebody, sometimes so many people think, oh, wow, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I have victory in Christ. Now, I want these strippers to, to come to Christ. I want these prostitutes to become Christians. So I'm going to go tell them the good news. I'm going to go give them Jesus Christ because the Lord wants them to be Christians. The Lord died for them. Yes, he died for them. But for some people, men, particularly men, sometimes women, but that fight is not for you. That fight is not for you. Because men, instead of bringing them to Christ, don't forget, Satan's a fisherman too. Instead of them bringing them to Christ, all of a sudden they become customers and they lose. So when you see these in Israel, you see victory upon victory upon victory, but not 100% of, you know, the, these peoples are uh, killed. Now, remember, when I say killed, it's, it's built. Are you Christians? You see, you, you like killing. You like killing. Now, listen, it's because of their wickedness. It's because of their wickedness. Remember, the Lord specifically says it's not because you're awesome. It's because of their wickedness. Now, 40 years, they've had opportunity to get right with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to, to get right with the God of Israel. 40 years, that door of grace and mercy was open. Now, now that it's closed, all of a sudden, it's the Lord who's judging these people. It's God's wrath upon these peoples, but he's using his vessels. That's why Achan, it, it doesn't work with Achan. Because the wrong formula in Achan. You see, it doesn't work with Achan. You see, but you remove Achan from the equation, okay, it works. And when you understand that, and in the framework of observing Israel according to the flesh, but then you observe ourselves according to the spirit. And being honest with yourself. Be honest, you know, oh, certainly the Lord wants these 
prostitutes to be Christians. You see? And then all of a sudden, a guy becomes the customer. Oh, certainly the Lord wants these uh, uh, these meth heads to be Christians. And then all of a sudden, the guy becomes the customer. The guy becomes a user. You see? Satan's a fisherman too. Now, it's not to say that the Lord doesn't want these people to come to him. He absolutely does. But some fights are for others. We place heavy emphasis on formula, but we place heavy emphasis on the warrior class. According to the faith. Because the warrior class can fight. Can fight. And they understand the good fight. Remember the room where, you know, two women in a room and a guy goes in? Now, if that guy, two worldly women, two, say two prostitutes, two strippers are in a room. Now, it sounds like, you know, okay, you're going too far. I got it at woman. So you, you, you had to say strippers. You had to say prostitute, really? So, okay. Two strippers, okay? Just bear with me for a moment, are in a room. They know nothing about the Lord. They're in darkness. They know nothing about the Lord. And the Lord is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. And these two strippers are in a room. Now, they're clothed, but, you know, they're not doing their deal, but they're, they're clothed. But they're, they're probably not clothed like turtlenecks. You see, they're, they're wearing clothes, but it's probably very worldly, very exposing. Now, for a baby Christian to go in there, it's very dangerous for that baby. You see? Very dangerous for that baby. For an adolescent Christian to go in there. And I'm speaking of the faith, you know, like a baby Christian. I'm not like a, you know, two-year-old going in. I'm talking about a baby Christian, young in the faith. For a baby Christian male to go in there, it's very dangerous for him to go there. He has no business going in that room. For an adolescent, no business going in that room because it's dangerous for him. Even the mature Very dangerous for the mature. But for the dead? For the real dead, not the one who says, Oh, I'm crucified with Christ. Not the one who gives lip service and says that. For the real deal where the formula is right. For him to go in that room. Now, it is dangerous for Satan. You see, all others, it's dangerous for the guy. Christian. You take four guys. They're all Christians. One is baby. One is adolescent. One is mature. One is deadly. Big difference. People think, oh, I'm mature in Christ. I'm mature in Christ. Well, okay. You know, you know, there's a specific formula. Sound doctrine, the fruit of the spirit, you know, walking according to the spirit, you know, if somebody's an overseer, there are qualifications for that, you know, okay, everything's on point in you, but how's the wife? How are the kids? You see, everything is open to scrutiny and examination. So you take four four males. One is baby, one is adolescent, one is mature, one is straight up deadly. Fully equipped, full package, one is straight up deadly. Now, for the majority, very dangerous to go into that room of strippers. I mean, they're not like doing their deal. They're like, you know, they're... You know, they're, they're not like in the deal, you know, not to get descriptive, but you know, just to explain, you know, they're not doing the deal, but they're stripper. They're probably, they don't know. They're in darkness. They do not know. Now, 
going to be, oh, you know, they're going to burn in hell. She's they, These two women, they're predestined for hell. No, that's false doctrine. They're predestined for hell. You see? No, they're in darkness, yes. But who is qualified to go on that rescue mission? You see? Oh, Cretans, they're like the Cretans. They're always liars. They're wicked. They're dead. No. Remember, we just so happen. It just so happens. It just so happens. We studied that on Sunday. You see? So you got two strippers in a room. They're, they're in darkness. Baby Christian, don't go in there. Adolescent Christian, don't go in there. Mature Christian, don't go in there. Very dangerous. Deadly Christian, the guy who's dead, where like nothing's happening because he's dead. You know, dead people don't partake in certain things. He's dead. He is, he is crucified with Christ. To like a Paul for Paul to go in that room, for Timothy to go in that room, for Titus to go in that room. Now I'm speaking of men, you know, like, Warrior women, you know, same deal, you know, but for, I'm speaking specifically about men. For Paul to go in that room, you know what's going to happen to those strippers? I mean, I can't guarantee it, but there's a high probability that they're going to become Christians. There's a very high probability that those strippers are going to become former strippers. You see, praise be to the Lord. Praise be to the Lord. Now, that's how Satan tricks people. Satan is a fisherman too. Don't forget, Satan is a fisherman. Because Satan will say to the baby Christian, hey, these strippers, they absolutely want to, God wants them to be Christian. So hey, baby Christian, go tell them about Jesus. And because the baby Christian doesn't discern the spirits, because he doesn't test the spirits, because he doesn't understand how Satan presents himself presents himself as an angel of light, he says, oh, the Lord is calling me. God is calling me to this ministry to the strippers. And so I'm going to go into this room with the strippers. All of a sudden, baby Christian because becomes customer. You see? Don't blame the strippers. I mean, they're in darkness. What do they know? What do they know? I mean, what do they know about the light? What do they know about the ways of righteousness? I'll give you the answer. Nothing. What do you expect? They're strippers. You see? Don't blame them. You see? But then you look at the baby Christian who wasn't equipped to test the spirits. And the whole time, oh, the Lord is calling me to this ministry. Ministry, ministry, ministry. The Lord is calling me. Do you want to be a part of this ministry? Because if so, you know, if you want to be a part of what God is doing, then you'll give me, you know, 500 bucks a month. You'll give me 5,000 bucks a month because, you know, I'm going to go minister to these these strippers on the other side of the world and I'm, I need $10,000 a month. You know, I need $5,000 a month. Fund my 401k and this, my medical evacuation. All of a sudden, baby Christian becomes, becomes a customer. You see? Becomes a customer. That's what's happening. Anyway, you hear me speak like this. It's like, okay, we get it. We get it. But it's happening. It's happening. The church doesn't get it. Baby Christian, don't go. Don't go in that room. It is dangerous for the baby Christian. Adolescent Christian, don't go in that room. It is dangerous. 
mature Christian. Don't go in that room. It is dangerous. But then you have another echelon of Christian. The deadly. A Paul type. A Titus type. A Timothy type. They go in that room. It's not dangerous for the deadly. It's dangerous for Satan. It's dangerous for the demons. Remember the demon? Jesus, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who in the world are you? Because Jesus, absolutely a threat to the demonic realm. Paul, a threat to the demonic realm. You see, strippers, these two strippers in the room, they're under the influence of the demonic realm. They don't know it. They're in darkness. And yes, the Lord is long-suffering for these two strippers. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But only the deadly can enter. You see? Only the deadly can enter. Because Paul goes in that room. Timothy goes in that room. Titus goes in that room. There's a large, there's a high, high, high probability that three Christians will exit that room. You see? One Christian goes in, three Christians come out. There's a high probability with the deadly. It's very important to understand that framework within the rules of engagement, understanding the formula of the new covenant, the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, the deadly believer winning battles, winning fights, and fighting the good fight. You see? Where the demon, you know, like Jesus, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who in the world are you? They could say that of you. Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, and, you know, put your name, whatever your name is, Joe, Joe, I know, you see, Frank, I know, Jennifer, I know, that's the deadly, that's the rules of engagement, and these are, these are things that, I mean, forgive me for, it's, it's somewhat crass, but that's the world we live in. People say, oh, Jesus went to the prostitutes. He went to the tax collectors. Yes, he did. He absolutely did. But he would say, go and sin no more. And sometimes people use that and they say, well, Jesus went to the prostitutes, so I'm going to go to the prostitutes too. Well, hold on a second. You need to be equipped. You need to kiss the sun. You need to be equipped. Love the training. Love the discipline. I mean, military people. Military people, if you've ever been exposed to elite units, uh, to get there, to get to that level of elite training, it's hard. It's difficult. Physically, mentally, it's difficult. But once you're in it, 
it's like the piece. It's like a walk in the park because you're in it. I mean, you've 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 done it. You're it's like muscle memory. It's just like it's life. It's 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 a piece of cake because you're in it. I mean, there's still hard aspects, but you learn to embrace the hard aspects of that discipline within that framework of warrior. You know, according to the flesh. Speaking like you know, if you've been exposed to elite military units, but it's the same thing in the faith. It's not to say to a baby Christian, you can never go in that room. Just not now. Hold on. You need to be trained. You need to be equipped. It's not to say the adolescent or the mature, you can never go in that room. Just hold on. Not now. But the deadly, proceed. Because those strippers, they need to know the Lord. They need exposure to the light. Now, you know, Paul can't afford, Paul can't pick up the, the deadly Christian, can't pick up the strippers and throw them in the door. No. The, the deadly Christian can present the light in being the light, sharing the good news. Now, ball's in their court. They have a choice to make. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, there's a high probability that those strippers will become Christians, believers, sisters in Christ. Sisters in Christ. Bowing before the same throne that you and I bow to. You see, there's in these last days a major, major clash of doctrines. Major clash of doctrines. Because there's some doctrines that say, oh, they're predestined to hell. There's no hope for them. Don't bother going in that room because you're just wasting air. It's just a waste of time, a waste of effort because they're predestined for hell. You have no business going in that room because look, they're already going to burn in hell. It's predestined. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. You see? Where are the beautiful feet of the last days? The ones who bring glad tidings. Male, female, young, old, I don't care. Where are the warriors of the last days? Because as in this clash of doctrines, in this clash of doctrines, there is only one way that is safe. There is only one. 10,000 different pathways. But there is only one way. You see? And that's what I love about these passages of 100% of these peoples that were not defeated by Israel. Because there's, they have a presence in Israel. Where you have an opposing people inside the boundaries of Israel. But within ourselves, the carnal nature is an opposing faction within ourselves. The flesh. The flesh. You see, 
the carnal nature, the old man, the old woman. But when you're the one, when I'm the one who takes that old guy, who takes that old lady, and reckons him, reckons her dead. You see? When that happens, you, me, together, we are crucified with Christ. And the dead, you see? I mean, not to be crass in saying this, but I mean, like you kick a corpse, the corpse doesn't care because he's dead. Look at Paul, when they beat him, when they left him for dead. He was already dead. You see? The strippers can say whatever they want. Dead guys, they don't take the bait. Why? They're dead. And that's you and me. We reckon the old man dead. Why? Because we've learned to love this discipline. We've learned to love the ways of righteousness as we Kiss the sun and embrace the sun and embrace this discipline. We're going to end our study here. And we're going to pick up, Lord willing, in the next chapter to the beautiful people of the way. Beautiful, beautiful saints of the Most High. A remnant of the last days. God bless you. I love you.